Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Project Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Now, before I introduce my guest, it is back to school time. It's September, and NCIA is excited about our Cannabis Caucus regional networking events that are taking place across the country throughout the month of September, and Congress is back in session as well, so I hope everyone had a nice vacation. Uh, Join us at our Cannabis Caucus series. If you're an NCIA member, it's complimentary for you to attend. Uh, We will be in San Francisco September 10th, Los Angeles September 12th, Denver September 17th, Ann Arbor, Michigan, September 19, and Boston on September 24th. And of course, don't forget to grab your tickets to the California Cannabis Business Conference in October. The website to register for that is CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. So let me introduce my guest today now that we've gotten some of the uh, agenda items out of the way. We're here talking with John Monk from Smokin' Hot Solutions, a member of NCIA, and they're a cannabis consulting agency based on the East Coast, and they help brands stand out in the cannabis industry. Welcome to the show, John. Hi, thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, great to have you, and thanks for your membership with NCIA. Uh, let's start by getting to know more about you, John, what your background and experience is prior to starting your company and getting involved in cannabis at all. Absolutely. So I, I started my, my first business in college when I was 21 years old. So it was an electronic music concert production company. So I was I was booking kind of large international touring acts, DJs, and putting on shows uh, across the East Coast of the United States. So I did that for about three years, um, right towards you know a year or two after graduation of college. And then I, I sold my company to my business partner at the time. Uh, then I decided to kind of look at you know what future opportunities might be available. And that's when I met my current partner, Claudia. Um, and she had already started Smoking Hot Solutions at the time and had been in business for about two years. Uh, I, I met her and I, I thought it was a great opportunity and, and we, you know, we partnered on Smoking Hot and, you know, the rest is history. Okay. So the music industry, uh, you, so you got to meet some acts from all over the world, DJs and, and bands. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty exciting. I think um, you know, for, for my part of the business, uh, what I was doing is I was doing a lot of the, the talent buying and the production of the shows. So I was dealing with a lot of the talent agencies out in Los Angeles, uh, you know, negotiating contracts, uh, trying to trying to compete with with companies like Live Nation for for tour dates mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. things like that, and you know, trying to get 
trying to get artists that were that were popular that I liked that kind of aligned with my music taste, but also aligned with, with the various markets that we were working in. And then from the production end of things, I, I was responsible for for lighting and sound and things like that. So it was it was fun. It was interesting. The music industry is uh, it's very different than the cannabis industry. I don't think there's there's too many similarities. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's cannabis in the music industry here and there as well, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Well, that sounds really fun. And congrats for having started a company like that while still in university and then selling it off. That's that's an amazing accomplishment. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I'm curious. I, I know you mentioned that you, you met your new partner and she had already begun her company, but I'm curious if you have a personal relationship with the cannabis plant or maybe were inspired by the movement or legalization or, or what really was that reason that you got involved in this kind of volatile and obviously still federally illegal industry and, and movement? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I've, I've, you know, I've always had a love for cannabis since, since really I can remember, you know, 14, 15 years old, but <laughs> when, when looking, didn't start till college for me, but <laughs> <laughs> when, um, when looking for kind of my next entrepreneurial venture, you know, I wanted something that was fun, something that was exciting, something that I loved, something that I could believe in. And, you know, the music industry was that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I no longer had an interest in that really. And then the next thing kind of, that pulled me in that same direction, the way music does, you know, is cannabis. So I looked at the industry kind of in its infancy at that point, I think it was like 2013, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe 2012, but it it was a very interesting time in cannabis because you just started to get recreational legal states. You know, a lot of medical states were, were, were popping up, but still on the East coast, it was, it was so new and, you know, having the opportunity to be, uh, you know, an early, an early adapter, early player in the industry, something that was rapidly changing so exciting and tons of innovation i think that really interested me and and kind of pulled me to the cannabis industry got it yeah that makes sense yeah i'm from the east coast too i, I mostly am from maryland and dc and and it's very 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 slow going out there and it's it's very clear that um you know the more conservative east coast um attitudes were watching and waiting to see what happened with Colorado, Washington, Oregon, now California and several other states as well, Michigan, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, I think, was a game changer to hit the East Coast and and all those surrounding little colonial states up there are slowly but surely warming up to the idea that, you know, maybe the sky isn't falling and, uh, (laughs) um, you know, maybe medical or adult use might be right for their state as well. Which state exactly are you based in out there? So we are in Philadelphia, so Pennsylvania. Um, we have a we have an office in in Fishtown, which is kind of a, a young, hip, uh, you know, slowly within the past ten years, up and coming neighborhood. And it's it's just young, it's fresh, it's cool, it's exciting. There's a lot of rather really unique businesses, and and it's a it's a cool part of the city. So prior to this, we were, we were in Philadelphia as well. So we've kind of just hopped around the city, and most of our employees and staff live here as well. So Philadelphia is very much home for all of us. Oh, great. Uh, do they still call it the city of brotherly love or something along those lines? Yeah, something like that. They okay. they, uh, they do, but I don't know how much brotherly love is here. <laughs> sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. So uh, I, I know Philadelphia kind of hit major news headlines. I think it was last week with the, yeah. you know, all that stuff happening, police shooting, things like that. So sure. I don't know. Sometimes you like to 
you like to believe that. But with any East Coast city, there's that uh, there's that like hard knock kind of attitude at mm-hmm. Philly, New York, and, and Boston. And uh, oh yeah, you have so. You know, I, I think we're nice. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, that's great. And cannabis will help. So um, so moving to the present here, uh, you are the managing director of Smoking Hot Solutions. Um, you, have, you have a business partner. Uh, tell me more about about your role there, um, your day to day. What's what's going on with Smoking Hot Solutions? Yeah. So, you know, as managing director, I, I kind of oversee a lot of you know, client relationships, uh, you know, general strategy for clients, uh, and then kind of for our company, you know, what sales pipeline, what our strategy is as an agency, uh, you know, who we're hiring, what is our unique position, you know, things like that. Something, something really interesting that we've been working on here for the better part of six months is uh, we're, we're actually going through a rebrand ourselves. So mm-hmm. Smoking Hot Solutions has been around for, uh, you know, almost nine years now. And, we have we have changed as an agency hmm. from just a digital marketing agency to now really just a kind of full service consulting agency doing a lot of strategy and state by state expansion product development for clients you know the whole marketing and advertising piece we have a full design team now here so i think oh, wow. for us uh, you know changing our name going through a rebrand uh, was something that we needed to do to better represent you know how we were selling ourselves what we offer and just kind of who we are, what is our core mission as a company. So you're going to, you're kind of one of the first people to hear about this, but we're going to be launching it, you know, in middle of September. So it's like six to seven months of hard work, but we'll finally be a new brand with a, with a new mission, new direction. Can you share the new brand name or is it, is it a big secret until, until you launch yeah, later in course, September? So it's, it's called, we're going to be called most a cannabis consulting group. So most, my last name is, is monk and my partner's last name is post. So we, uh, when we were thinking of a lot of different names, uh, and going back and forth, we probably went through about a hundred, hundred potential different company names. And we ended up with this, uh, and we're going to go with kind of a, a darker blue and beiger colors. So kind of a stem away from, from our green and black that we've been for several years now. Got it. Great. And very clever to combine the last names. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing what's going on with your company and smoke and hot solutions will evolve into most great to know. Um, Okay. We're going to take a quick commercial break here in just a minute. Uh, but we'll come back and talk more with John Monk from Smoking Hot Solutions, soon to be most. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you like yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah? Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome Thank to Cannabis Confidential. Oh, you got me again. All right. Uh, you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we're chatting with John Monk, the Managing Director of Smoking Hot Solutions, who let us know that his company will be going through a rebranding and will soon be known as Most. Um, so we talked about where your company is based out on the East Coast in Philadelphia, and NCIA is super excited to see, as I mentioned, all those colonial states looking to legalize, in, in the very least medical, if not adult use. And um, it, it's it's a game changer after seeing the West Coast and Colorado legalized. So I, I'd really just like to keep talking about the excitement of the East Coast warming up to cannabis for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the East Coast, we're, we're 10 years or so behind, but we're really seeing it over the last uh, two years here. I mean, just from kind of work that we've been doing, you know, we've been involved in a lot of uh, dispensary application projects, you know, from the beginning, uh, especially New Jersey, you know, New Jersey, the applications for cultivation facilities and dispensaries are due in two days. So we were a part of a lot of different applications there. And mm. um, the same thing in Pennsylvania, right? So before we write the application and then after, if they're, if they're granted the license, then, you know, we've helped kind of launch a lot of these dispensaries and grows. So a lot of them are, um, you know, multi-state operators so some of the companies like uh cresco and uh, there's there's a few other ones but you know they operate in, in various different states but they're yeah. they're expanding to east coast but a lot of them are our new local you know local pennsylvanians or local people from new jersey or local people from massachusetts that are that are starting these companies and uh it's pretty it's pretty cool for us since we've been in it a while and you know a lot of people are coming to us kind of for our expertise and you know, and what we know about the market. So just from, just from what we've done over the last two years, we can, we can see the, you know, the growth over here compared to how it was in the, in the, you know, 2015 even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. We're all really excited to see what happens over the course of the next year or so with some of these states that have initiated these changes. Um, so 
Yeah. To move on for just a second, you were talking kind of about the growth of your own company where you started doing some digital marketing solutions. And now you as a company have become more sophisticated in, in your offerings. And what that means is it's, it's a, a microcosm of what's happening with the industry in general. Um, some of these, now, now we do have big players in the game, uh, like you mentioned, Cresco, as well as the small businesses and boutique businesses that are popping up. And both are very, very important. So these companies are now seeking capital, seeking investments, and they want to grow and they want to scale. And some of them would even like to go public. And we're also seeing a few mergers and acquisitions and really high-level company moves that we would see in any other established industry are starting to be made here now in the cannabis industry. What, what, else, what are you seeing around, around that? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, right now the influx kind of, uh, of, of capital and, and M&A is really, you know, how the, the industry looks like it's going to play out going forward, um, specifically on, on dispensary and cultivator uh, mergers and acquisitions. There's there's a lot of you know you have major companies you know companies with you know nine figure valuations that are combining, but you also have companies with uh, you know eight to nine figure valuations purchasing mm. you know dispensaries with uh, you know two or three locations. So I think you see a lot of that happening. Um, you know Oklahoma is an interesting state like that I like to reference because the barriers to entry in Oklahoma were pretty low compared to a state like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, yeah. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, you only, they only issued, you know, just a handful of, um, you know, dispensaries and cultivators, whereas Oklahoma, you know, the barriers were really low and they opened a lot. There's a lot of free for all out there. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't, you know, it's hard for, for people there to compete, right? There's a lot of, there's not that many people with licensed medical cards and, but there's tons of dispensaries and cultivators. So I think just that state, there's going to be tons of m and I mean, it's, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. These companies are going to have to combine to be able to survive. But I think that that is what you're seeing both on a small level and a large level in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and, you know, there, there's the idea that we we need small businesses. We need we, we like that this industry has created opportunities for small businesses and and even individuals to to start smaller companies as well. But you're absolutely right. I, I mean, to survive, yeah, these companies may have to consider merging. But that's also a money making opportunity for the person that started the boutique brand and then sold to a larger company. So ultimately I'd like to think there's a win-win in there. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I think there definitely is. Um, you know, as, as a small business, I think you're, you're really able to compete um, in this industry, not in every sector, but, you know, even as a, as a small dispensary, uh, you know, or a small consumer product company, you know, if you position yourself, right. You know, it's all about the positioning. Um, I think you can you can succeed, and, and we do see it on a on a day to day basis. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of positioning those companies, um, since your company specifically is here to help cannabis companies with their branding, um, what what kind of companies are you working with? And I'm curious what your philosophy and perspective might be on our industry today, uh, especially regarding the branding strategies that we're seeing. Yeah. So, so something kind of for us where we've, 
we've grown a lot is, is uh, working with a lot of hemp companies, you know, both farms and then CBD companies. So it could be, you know, uh, processors who are selling crude or it could be uh, consumer facing CBD companies. Uh, that, that, that industry really interests me a lot. Uh, CBD companies, particularly, I think that is kind of the lowest barrier to entry for someone to get into the cannabis industry. So we see, you know, we're approached by a lot of new CBD companies who are just coming to market, who are like, Hey, you know, we're white labeling some product. Here's what we want to do. We need a brand. How can we attack the market? Wellness so think, product, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the CBD market's kind of like fly by night right now. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of really, really, really great CBD companies. I just think that there's a lot of CBD companies in general, mm-hmm. um, specifically, you know, a lot of hemp farms, a lot of production right now. I mean, particularly one, one project we're working on out of uh, North Carolina is a fourth generation tobacco farm. And we're leading their their go to market strategy into the hemp space. So it's interesting. Everyone, right? Big tobacco wants to be in it. Pharmaceutical wants to be in it. I mean, CBD and hemp is a very interesting yet very different topic than than cannabis or, or marijuana. Sure. Yeah. What's your What's the strategy for hemp and CBD versus um, adult use or medical THC inclusive cannabis? Yeah. So I, for you know, a medical state uh, for for marijuana, really you're, you're targeting people with a lot of conditions. And some of those conditions are the same people that are interested in CBD. So CBD predominantly, I find more kind of as a, as a medical product. There are some CBD brands out, of, out there like Sunday Scaries and, and some other ones that are kind of targeting a younger audience uh, through Snapchat. But, but ultimately, uh-huh. uh, I think most, most CBD companies are, are more medically focused or, mm-hmm. you know, Whereas, whereas medical marijuana is the same way, and recreational marijuana is completely different than than either CBD or or medical marijuana. So I think that they are similar. You know, they come from the same plant ultimately, but the way that they're grown, the way that they're sold, the way that they're you know, marketed. Yeah, they're just it, they're, mm-hmm. they're vastly different. Yeah. Well, I mean, CBD is a really huge topic. And before we take a commercial break here, um, I mean, as you're aware, the FDA was seeking public testimony and comment a few weeks back here and NCIA collected uh, comment and testimony from our membership base as well as uh, submitted our own comment as well for the FDA. And, you know, the regulations are not here yet. So we're in this gray area. And I, and I recommend people check my um, podcast I did with Christy Lunsford uh, recently. She runs the Hemp Biz Conference. And we, we went deep into this, how, you know, the regulations aren't here yet. So there's, there's a lot of um, opportunity. Uh, but those regulations are going to come at some point. Um, so wh- where, what do you see happening after the FDA comes in and says, okay, here's how you do it. Right. And I, I think that's, it's good that it eventually happens. I know kind of when the, when the FDA regulations immediately came out, you know, the head of the FDA kind of resigned, people didn't really know what was going on. It was just kind of total and utter confusion. Mm-hmm. And I still, I still think some of that, you know, is existing. Uh, one particular issue that we find a lot is, is access to banking and, and merchant processing. So CBD companies, uh, not really on a retail level, but on, on an online sales level, are having some difficulties, especially startup CBD companies uh, mm-hmm. processing processing payments for CBD. 
And yep. it's very different between, so we work with a lot of Canadian companies. So in Canada, that the laws are different than the US with CBD. So CBD, it's, it's legal here, but there you need, even, you need certain licenses to kind of be able to sell it. So very similar license to the, uh, the marijuana license that they have in Canada. So mm-hmm. both, both, both countries are different and both um, are, you know, somewhat, somewhat legal, but there's still some, still some confusion there. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. All right. We're going to jump to our last commercial break and we'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we're wrapping up our discussion here with John Monk of Smoking Hot Solutions, uh, talking about the market, especially in the East Coast, uh, as a company based in Philadelphia out there, and all the changes coming both between the colonial states that are looking to legalize for medical or adult use, and the currently not so well regulated, but soon to be hemp-based CBD 
market. Um, so yeah, NCIA is on top of all that. And I, I do want to mention um, somewhat recently the um, the National Credit Union Administration uh, did provide some guidance for the hemp businesses um, saying federally insured credit unions may provide some financial services to legally operating hemp businesses. So um, there is some guidance out there. Um, I believe the, um, the National Credit Union Administration's website is mycreditunion.gov. So for those that are in that industry, it might be worth reviewing those um, the new guidance that was published uh, in late August. Um, I mean, it's, we're getting a little bit of guidance here and there, so it's good to stay on top of it as it comes out. Um, so anyway, um, thank you again for your membership with NCIA. And um, I, I, I don't know, did you, did you get a chance to attend our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo in San Jose this summer? Uh, I was not at the San Jose one, but I've been to several in the past, um, and I try to go to all the local ones too. I was you guys did one in uh, Philly, I think it was uh, six months ago or so. I was. I was oh yeah, well. the industry socials and the cannabis caucus events are yeah. really nice. Those evening. are really good. So thank yeah. you, thank you for you know putting those on. Those are those events are very important for for our industry. Uh, you know, just just the bringing everyone together and, and hearing the speakers and just the connections I know that I've been able to meet. Uh, so I want to thank you guys for that. It's, it's some really great stuff you're doing. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, our, our conferences are only a couple times a year, three or four times a year. And, and we typically go to bigger cities, but these smaller regional events are really a chance to maybe come to your backyard for the evening or at least, um, you know, within your same state that we may not be able to hold a big conference in, but we can gather, you know, 40, 50, 75, 150, depending on the city, local NCIA members and entrepreneurs and, you know, really get a chance to chit chat with them in, in a really friendly open environment. And NCIA staff is there for you to ask questions. And like you said, we at the cannabis caucuses typically have a speaker, um, either a local regulator or lawmaker or someone in the industry that can give an update on what's happening on the ground, uh, which is nice for people as well. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be back uh, through different various regions and I recommend people check out our events calendar on our website. Uh, just head to thecannabisindustry.org slash events and check out everything that's on our calendar. I do want to mention um, our California Cannabis Business Conference for people that are interested specifically in the California market, which is a huge state. Um, our event is October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California, and the website for the conference is CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. I mentioned it at the start of the show as well. Looking forward to seeing people there as well. Um, I think going from the East Coast all the way to California must be pretty tough, about as tough as uh, people on the West Coast heading to D.C. in the spring for our annual lobby days. Was that something you were able to attend or will you plan to attend next year? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, be there this year. Unfortunately, I was traveling at the time. We do try to get out to uh, California at least a couple times a year. We have some few clients out there and try to reach some events. 
there's just uh you know traveling everywhere sometimes gets a little it's a little complicated gee you- traveling in the cannabis industry we only have about a thousand events it isn't the joke like you could probably attend a cannabis event like almost every night of the week at this point if you really really wanted to <laughs> probably yeah there's, there's some good ones and some pretty bad ones <laughs> yeah yep well we're definitely looking forward to lobby days next year um before we wrap up the show i've been asking people this question um NCIA's 10-year anniversary is next year in 2020, so we're kind of excited to see how far we've come in 10 years, as well as making some predictions or hopes and wishes for the next 10 years. So I'm curious what your thoughts might be around looking back and then looking forward. Yeah, so I think I think the biggest the biggest thing to change over the last 10 years is is just public perception. Right, public perception of of cannabis, uh, both both hemp, CBD, and marijuana. I think that is that has greatly changed. I think people, the majority of the public, approves for it, um, and you know they see they see the benefits both from holistic level, uh, mental health level, and in economic level. So I think that is that's been the biggest kind of change that we've seen over the next last ten years. And then going forward, um, I think what we're going to we're CEOs. We're just going to, a lot of it, you know, brings me back to the mergers and acquisitions I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be kind of, I think it's going to consolidate the industry. Um, I don't necessarily think everything's going to be a big player, but I think there will be kind of more larger players and then, you know, medium players and, and still some smaller players. But I think that's, that's kind of what we're going to see. Something that interests me right now, it's overall kind of in the world, uh, you know, What's, what's going on with, with Canada and, and Europe, kind of exporting, mm-hmm. exporting of cannabis. That's something that interests me. So, so growing in one country, selling it somewhere else or, or yeah. you know, vice versa. I think seeing a lot of that really, really turns it into like a, a full on commodity. Uh, and there's, there's a lot that can, that can grow because of that, you know, both from, from an industry level, economic level. And we'll see kind of more businesses pop up because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It make, I, I want to plug one of NCIA's policy council papers titled How the U.S. is Falling Behind in the Global Cannabis Market. Uh, yeah, our slow federal uh, prohibition ending is definitely putting us in a position where we're looking at Canada, soon to be Mexico and other countries around the world that are going to move a lot faster than us. So that white paper is a really good one to read as we're looking to the global cannabis expansion for sure. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. So as we wrap up here, where can people find out more about your company? Yeah, so you can, you can visit our website, smokingonsolutions.com or check out our Instagram. Uh, once again, we're going to be changing our company name here probably in about uh, four weeks. So that will change, but it'll redirect. So smokingonsolutions.com, check out more about us and next month will be most. Lovely. All right. Thanks so much for being on the show, John. It was nice chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And thanks everybody else for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com.
Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.